0: all right good morning everybody Uh, I am Nick Horton I think all of y'all present know me Uh, but um, uh, maybe not everybody online Mm -hmm. so uh, I'm Nick Horton I'm one of the shepherds here at North Boulevard and it's uh, it's my honor to to open the book of Daniel today and over the next several weeks and to study the book of Daniel and see how it relates to our particular time and our particular culture, and our particular needs. The Book of Daniel could be studied for its literary content. It is a great book of apocalyptic literature. It's awesome as as far as a literary study, if you wanted to do a literary study. It's also great to study historically, and to see historical ties, and to put it, you know, we're gonna roughly get it into its context, but we're really looking at applications for our own personal lives. And that's a, that's a big difference. Uh, we're listening to God's Word, not just for historical facts, not just for literary nuances, but really we're listening for applications for what we're supposed to do. So uh, I was blessed with a mother that actually taught me Bible stories, uh, many stories from the book of Daniel, uh, the same as some of y'all were. And uh, before we actually begin to look at Daniel, I'd like for you to tell me what you know about the Jewish people when they came out of Egypt. Tell me, just we're just talking about generalizations here, so tell me some things that you know about the Jewish people or the Hebrew people when they came out of uh, slavery in Egypt. Okay? This is where you I participate. Think, yes, I think they were grateful in the beginning and then they just got really... Um, frustrated with the long journey, is that what we're talking about? Good. Yeah, sure. Okay. Great, grateful, if he says they're grateful at the very beginning and you, you know they're no longer slaves and they no longer have to go to work every day and then all of a sudden they start getting a little discontent with their their atmosphere and their surroundings and what they're having to do on a day to day basis and they start to grumble and complain. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you uh, in the present coronavirus problems but uh, that does sound familiar oh, to me yeah. but some other things who we got they start seeking God in all the wrong places they seek God in all the wrong places specifically they're looking at some things what what kinds of things did they try to replace God with so that, that, they they idols People. People, and leadership <laughs> thinking that the leadership was going to bail them out of all their trouble. Okay. Okay. Uh, relationships. What's that? They started to look back at Egypt as a good thing. Looking back at Egypt as a good thing. Keith Green had a, had a cool song back in the eighties So you want to go back to Egypt? You know, it's like <laughs> you liked all those onions and melons. Yeah. What you know? What about the pyramids? Mm-hmm. Did you like slaving on those things Mm -hmm. and the Sphinx and all that? You know, no, it wasn't so fun. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, they started looking back at their old slavery, their old life of slavery, and bondage as if it were a good thing. Okay, What else we got? Built their own nation with their own kingdom and had kings and stuff and um, started off following God but then slowly started looking more like the nations and cultures around them and more like how Egypt was set up yeah yeah so politically they began to <coughs> emulate Egypt uh, they started off following God with the judges and uh, they were a theocracy and they said no we want to be like the nations around us okay and they became and God said careful when you appoint a king you're going to get taxes (laughs) that's what God said okay you're going to get taxes wow don't we have them today so uh, a lot of of things what kind of what kind of occupation did the Israelites have when they went down into Egypt and when they came out what was their primary occupation what Shepherds. shepherds they were shepherds I don't know about you but I I know several Jews I have known several Jews in my lifetime I have never known a Jewish Shepherd Hmm. not saying they don't exist I'm just saying that's not what they're renowned for I see Jews all over the world that are lawyers and doctors and Nobel Prize winners and great financiers in Europe okay God has blessed those people but he's changed those people from simple nomadic shepherds into a people. I'm going to say that Babylon and their 70 years of captivity in Babylon is where they transfer their whole, they transform. God transforms them out of a shepherding people into a business class people. Not just not just business class, but he transforms them from people who are always going back to idols and idolatry mm-hmm. and worshiping many gods, mm-hmm. and he liberates them from that in seventy years. Mm-hmm. Four hundred ninety years they were in Egyptian captivity, yeah. and yet they they just took on those gods and they kept those gods. And so there's a lot going on there. Uh, God tried to get them to leave those uh, those idols those human idols behind and they wouldn't do it so God had a plan for freeing them of that bondage Okay. so I'd like for us to look at just a quick historical timeline so uh, in the 12th 13th century BC we're talking about the the nation of Israel actually being formed they inhabit the land uh, and uh and, and we've got the time of the judges for for a while and then we have uh king saul who's instituted as a king and uh, becomes the first king and then uh then they actually get a capital city jerusalem with king david and with king solomon we get the temple of god actually being built so this is just a quick down and dirty and the, the dates could be uh approximations here i just kind of round round the most of them off Uh, Then we get a time where there's a divided kingdom. A couple of tribes in the lower half, in the southern half, basically are true to God. But the northern ten tribes are not. And they sell out. And God says, stop it. Stop selling out. Quit your idolatry. Come back to me. And they refuse to come back to God. So God sends them into Assyrian captivity. Assyria was huge at the time. It was a great big world empire, or almost world empire. It, it encompassed a lot of Turkey, Iran, Iraq, and down into Israel. And so uh, the Assyrians come in, they crush Israel, they take the ten tribes away. The ten tribes never return. They never come back. Okay. They, they gave up on God. They divorced God. God says and as a result of that God says okay you go your way Uh, he allows them to Uh, Judah remains faithful for a couple of hundred years uh, really and so 150 years or so but eventually they too turn into evil uh, rulers and and God says okay I'm gonna give you 70 I'm gonna give you if you heard what I said Okay? 70 years of exile to clean up your act, to refocus, to recharge, and, to, and, and, and I'll pull you out of the land, but I'm going to bring you back. God tells them that ahead of time. The book of Daniel is written from the beginning of that time until the end of that time. It covers that whole span. Okay? There are also some other books in the Bible that are written during that same time period. Okay, so, uh, and we'll make references to those. Some of them refer to Daniel, and Daniel refers to some of them. Okay, um, then we get the Persian rule. Uh, a lot of us, actually, probably in Western civilization, we get a lot of our roots from Persian thought. We get a lot of our ideas about. Uh, uh, a multi-ethnic society from the Persians who said it's okay to have little areas of Italians and Jews and Germans it's okay to have that we'll just let them set up their own little Italy over here or or uh, Chinatown over here that's okay but we're all under Persian rule we're all Persians in this sense though not ethnically so it's the first world is really the first empire as uh, many different kinds of peoples uh, with their own kings set up under one emperor. So the, the Persians uh, do that. We'll see that in the book of Daniel and how that, uh, how that works. Alexander the Great comes in and uh, some really cool stuff we'll look at historically with Alexander the Great. We'll pull in a couple of historical references so that you can see that the book of Daniel has some really neat stuff to tell us about what's going on in history and what's going on with God's people. Uh, then we get them back to being in revolt, uh, which is a, a persecution against the Jewish religion itself. And it's a Greek or Hellenistic kind of persecution. Then Rome comes in and conquers. Herod set up as king. Uh, then Jesus comes on the scene, uh, which is, by world standards, a huge deal. It's a deal breaker. So uh, there are things in the book of Daniel that refer to Jesus and his ministry. There are things in the book of Daniel that refer to the end of time. So, we're going to see that Daniel spans this huge expanse of time. So, and then the last end of the Jews at Masada in uh, 73 AD, okay? Uh, And the destruction of the temple, and it's the second temple that was rebuilt. So, uh, let's jump on into Daniel. In the third year, looking at the first two verses, we're looking at how to thrive when our culture is really against us. When our surrounding culture whether it's our native culture or not. By the way, I grew up. I was born 1962, so I grew up in Mayberry, RFD. I grew up in little town America. I grew up with leave it to beaver neighbors. Okay? So, that's my mindset. Then we went through the cultural upheaval of the 60s with a lot of racial tension. Then we went through the 70s with the Vietnam War and the protests against the government and against the military. Okay? If any of this sounds like things that have been compacted into the last year of 2020, then uh, you know, all of this, my teachers began to start making changes in the way that they thought about the world and the way that they spoke about the world. There were lots of references to the Bible and to uh, living righteous lives before the 70s. But with the free love and hippie movement and stuff like that, people started throwing the Bible out. We took prayer out of school. We took the Ten Commandments out of our hearts and homes. We took God's Word out. So, Daniel is a call to get back to all of that. Okay? So, first two verses. Who gave Jehoiakim to the king of Babylon? God did. Okay? Don't mistake it. This the invasion of Babylon and the Babylonian captivity is not a work of Satan. It is a discipline of God. Wow. We're not always told ahead of time when God is disciplining us. When bad things happen, sometimes God's disciplining us, causing us to reevaluate and to rethink what's going on. Sometimes Satan is behind the scenes. We see that in the Book of Job. So I don't, you know, we don't always. I don't. I don't have an answer. I've not been given a, a scriptural writing that says God caused the coronavirus or God uh, or Satan caused the coronavirus. Okay. Don't know. Okay. Our response ought to be the same, but God actually delivers Jehoiakim, and the whole nation of Israel really w- delivers them to the Babylonians. Okay. Um, by the way, uh, I'll, I'll go back to this. Uh, go back to this. This picture right here, real quick. Okay, there's the, there they're coming out of. The, I probably should have switched this. When Hezekiah was king, Babylon was just like this little city-state. It was no big deal whatsoever, okay? But Hezekiah gets some envoys coming over from Babylon, and he's got a chance, and he's got a real ego. And so Hezekiah actually says, come here. Let me show you all the gold we've got in Israel let me show you all the silver we've got let me show you the temple of God and let me impress you with my wealth as the king of Israel okay Hezekiah set the stage God used Hezekiah's arrogance to set the stage for Babylon to be jealous of that money and to come in and to to want them and to take them so um, Okay, so we see the, the articles of the temple uh, of God here. Those are expensive, gold-plated and solid gold objects. And notice where he puts them. Where does he put them? In a temple of his God. Okay? Meaning my God's bigger than your God because I just conquered your country. We see that with Goliath and and David, okay? We see that the Philistines are saying, oh, you know, your God's no no count at all, and y'all are just a bunch of dogs, and we can conquer y'all, okay? So this is the kind of stuff that's going on in the mindset of these people. When you take an object, when you take a crucifix out of a church, when you take a cross out of a church and... And you do something with it. Uh, you go and you build a fire with the wood and you burn a burnt offering on that. You're basically, you know, when, when some artist takes uh, an image of Jesus and urinates on it or something like that, they're saying this is nothing, treading on it. People, you know, in a nationalistic way, t- burning a flag or something like that. Okay? So that's what's going on right here. So, we're about to see a big culture shock as they go into this other area, into Babylon. But before we do, we even see that Nebuchadnezzar has his own agenda. His agenda is to set himself, his country, and his gods up over the people of God. Okay? Don't don't mistake our culture to think that it's just It doesn't care if you go ahead and worship God our culture does care they don't want you to worship God evil never is comfortable in the presence of light if somebody would please read verses uh, three through five for us there in a loud clear voice for the recording then the king ordered Ashpenaz chief of his court officials to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility Young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. Okay. First of all, describe the kind of people that he held out for special purposes. Describe those for me. The, the capable young men liable to make a change in the favor of Israel. Yeah. Capable young men, okay, probably going to make a change in the nation of Israel, and he takes them and takes them off. Okay, but by the way, something that China realized a few years ago: a lot of their people were coming here for an education and staying here, and they begin to have what we call an intellectual drain. Okay because the best and the brightest wanting to come here for PhDs and stuff and so you know and they weren't coming back to China and so so this is part of the this is part of the tactics take take out of the hinterland and put it in my capital and then uh, no give me some other descriptions of them. Barbara says says uh, the the most capable leaders I agree with that what else what else do you notice about their characteristics for being chosen you think some of them could have been like I don't know if humble is the right word but if they could serve in the king, the king's palace they're probably not I'm gonna overrule this place you know kind of body. okay so not rebellious yeah what young, are the characteristics what's that I, mean, I don't know if you said they're young young quick to understand quick to understand smart folks okay well, there's yes, we mentioned handsome. Handsome, okay. We, you know, pretty much like like me when I was 25. Okay. Uh, you know these 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 guys these guys are built. You know they're like well built. Okay. This reflects the values of Babylon. They have values of power, values of youth. Okay. Not that. it sound a lot like our culture doesn't value old people, doesn't value the true wisdom, but wants a leadership that comes out of, of, of young people who are just daring enough to, to do this, that that smart people are more valuable than people that aren't as smart. Okay? Our culture has those kinds of values at, at, at its heart as well. And so we see the Babylonian values, by the way, those are not godly values. God chooses Jacob over Esau even though Jacob was second born. Okay? There was nothing about Jesus' physical form. Isaiah says, nothing about his physical form that made people attractive to him, attracted to him. That Jesus was not he was not one of these people. Okay? That's not the way he was. Now, I'm not saying he didn't know several languages, okay? <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah, quick to, quick to learn, okay? So notice what what did they do? I've got it in bold there. What did they do? What did the Babylonians do to these people? They taught them how to be Babylonians. They taught them how to be Babylonians. This, was, this country, by the way, was a melting pot when I was young. So although we might have had Little Italy and Chinatown, everybody in Chinatown and Little Italy, and so on and so forth, all of those little communities, they all thought of themselves as Americans. I have knocked on doors to invite people to church, encountered Hispanics and spoken Spanish to them, and they've replied in anger, I'm an American, speak English to me, with a very thick Spanish accent, okay? I'm an American, speak English to me, and I've known Italians and Germans that had the same attitude, and Chinese people who had the same attitude. Okay, I've left my old world behind, and I am now part of this world. Okay, so uh, not to say that if, you know, not to say that all immigrants have that attitude, but this was a goal of the Babylonians: turn them into Babylonians. Look at what they do; they teach them language. I mean, why do you think we teach 12 years of English in school, and you only have to have two years of a foreign language, okay? (laughs) We want to indoctrinate them into English, into a culture, okay? In the 70s, y'all's generation does not know this time, but in the 70s, we actually passed a law that said we were going to have the metric system in the United States of America. It became law. We were going to have it, okay? They changed the name of the English system of measurement it used to be the British system or the English system and it became or the imperial imperial system doesn't that sound foreign to you emperor imperial okay they changed the name to the English system of measurement now it's related to our language yeah. mm-hmm. now we've got a heartfelt uh, affection towards that that English system of measurement and it became absolutely impossible to change Americans minds to switch over to the metric system which is a far superior system <laughs> but okay literature look at the literature I, I, I was studying with somebody in Honduras one time uh, our second trip to Honduras and I was studying with this guy that didn't know English he was a gr- he knew a lot about Spanish Uh, He was a great Spanish teacher, but he didn't know English, and I didn't know Spanish. And he was supposed to teach me. And all all kinds of things messed up about that. But I remember him asking me, and and, and he he could barely speak English, but he asked me if I knew so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, and and he named all of these people. And I'm, I'm going like, no, no, I've only been here in town like three weeks. What? These are great writers. You don't know these literary heroes? And I'm going like, never heard of them. Until he mentioned Cervantes, I'd never heard of a single one of them. Uh, I had read Don Quixote. So, uh, so uh, the, the deal is, he thinks about the world in Honduras. He thinks about the world differently because of his literature. What have I read? I've read French literature and English literature. All in English, okay. But we had to read O. Henry and several others, you know, Voltaire and stuff, okay. We, so we had to know these people and understand them and study them. That that changes the way we think, and that's what they were trying to do, okay. And then talk about their uh, talk about their food and their wine. What's what's wrong with that? I mean, no one else eats like that. Nobody else eats like they do. Yeah. Didn't kosher? Take it away from them. <laughs> it is not kosher. Got, got a Jewish friend went to North uh, went to South Korea. I said, What you eat there? He said, Everything in South Korea is unclean to a Jew. <laughs> 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 I would just go like, Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. You know, <laughs> hard to eat those uh, fried pork bellies and such. Uh, yeah. So, good. Uh, we've got we've got folks from other countries and have been to other countries. Did your eating habits change when you moved to those other countries? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, Andrew, you know what Ugali tastes like, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So we eat differently. It begins to change the way that we think and interact with each other. So that's what they're trying to do. Okay? And it's not kosher. They've set themselves as Jews. They've set themselves as a holy people to God. And their food and the way that they eat and their washing and their hygiene is part of it. Okay, After that, they enter into the king's service. And again, we get that servant business. Uh, and that's their job. By the way, God told them before they, were, before they left Israel, before they were ever captured by the Babylonians, he said, you will be captured. When you go to Babylon, be good people. Be good servants. Buy houses. Have children. Okay? They're not let off into slavery. They are relocated. Okay, Different than Egyptian bondage. So they're relocated over to Babylon. And so they, they buy houses and they set up vineyards and they live there. Okay? They make their homes there basically. Okay. Um, oh I'm sorry I, we may go over time because of this but we got we got a you know this business right here of being let off this is huge to us it, those of us from an Anglo culture may not realize it but uh, there's a reason why Jamaicans saying by the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down as we remembered Zion. But the wicked carried us into captivity, requiring of us a song. How can we sing the song of joy in a strange land? So let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my soul be acceptable in thy sight, O Zion. I I don't know if you thought about it, but why in the world would Jamaicans think about that? Why would Dr. Martin Luther King from the Birmingham jail talk about Daniel? cite Daniel in his letter from the Birmingham jail why would that be because they're in exile because they're in exile they're a minority group and they feel it they know it everywhere they go okay that's that's who we see Daniel and his friends being okay so somebody would read verses uh, 6 through 7 for us among those who were chosen were some from Judah: Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names: to Daniel the name Belteshazzar; to Hananiah Shadrach; to Mishael Meshach, and to Hazariah, Abednego. Abednego. Daniel, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was that's to read yeah. that? No, that's okay. So, uh, pick up on the subtleties here. Daniel means God is my judge. Mm-hmm. But his name is changed to protect the king. Hananiah, God is gracious. His name is changed to command of Aku, command of the moon god, uh, which was a prominent god for them. Uh, Mish- Mishael is changed from who is, who's like God. God's so wonderful. Who's like him? to Who is what Aku is? Okay, the moon god again. Okay, Azariah, God has helped us. Abednego means servant of the God of wisdom, Nebuchadnezzar's favorite God, okay? The God of wisdom and learning, okay? So Nabu, I, I know y'all think it's a planet, in the Star Wars universe, but it's actually, yeah, yeah. If you're thinking George R. R. Binks, no, that's the opposite of the God of wisdom, I suppose. Yeah, so, yeah. So, change their names, What's your name, brother? My name. Yep. Uh, Aubrey. Uh, what's your other name? Uh oh, oh Zelos. yes. Zelos. My, Zelos, my because name. he's zealous for God. Zealous for God. When he was baptized, Aubrey said, "I want to, I want my name to be Zelos. Zealous for God. Okay." So, uh, you know, we've had people that come to this country and it's hard to say their names and so they'll change their names to an anglicized version of their name, okay? But mm-hmm. That happens, okay? So here, they're changing their name for them. They're saying, here's your character. Uh, it's a real honor for those of us that have worked with, uh, with Asians that have come here. It's a real honor when sometimes they've said, will you help me pick out an Americanized name that represents my character. Mm-hmm. And you pick out a name like sunshine. You know? Or ugly. No, no you don't pick out a name like ugly. You know? So real. you want to pick out something that's, that reflects their character. So they're trying to pick out things and telling them who to become. Keep in mind that that happens throughout the entire Bible. So the Bible's real big on names and who we are. When we when we inherit our new body in the new Jerusalem, we're told that we will get a new name, that God has a new name for us, okay, reflecting the glory of Christ, okay? So now we get into this real story of the food, and uh, many of how many of you are familiar with the, the story of the food and the refusal to eat exactly what they eat? Okay, good, That's uh, that's many of us. So uh, somebody would read verses uh, 8 through 11 here for us. And then we'll actually just go from this on into another slide. But somebody will read this one for us. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord the king, who is has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Daniel, said, Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, uh, Haniah, Mishael, and Azariah. Okay. He, he says something, and we'll get to that here in just a moment. Okay. Um, so Daniel resolves not to defile himself. Aubrey said earlier, "This is unclean food. They're eating pork. They're eating animals with blood still in them. Animals that have been strangled. That's against Jewish custom. Okay. Uh, when when I, when I eat with uh, when I eat with a Muslim or a Jew, I I try to respect them and not eat pork. I don't eat catfish around them. Okay. Unless unless they just tell me, I'm okay with it. Okay." but it's repulsive to them. I you know, I don't want to come to the table with nasty hands and just put some Germex on them. You know, I got dirt all over my hands and I put some Germex on them and I come down I've got dirt under my fingernails. You go to a restaurant and your server has dirt under their fingernails? You don't want to eat there, do you? You know if they got greasy hair, you don't want to eat there. Okay? You say this person's got no hi- terrible hygiene, okay? That's where Daniel and his friends find themselves around people who've got totally different ideas of what is clean and what's unclean, okay? And those vary from culture to culture, okay? You know, you, you know, uh, yeah, okay. So, um, God causes the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. I just want you to see that guy's response. Does it seem like he's trying to punish them about, and force them to eat this food because he just wants to make their lives miserable? Is that what it sounds like? Yeah. Doesn't sound like that to me at all. Okay? What's he concerned about? Himself. He's concerned about himself. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, I, I'm a teacher, and my principal said look, if you go out and you're out in the world, and you get coronavirus, I have to get a substitute for you until you're cleared. Okay? First of all, he said, I care about you, but he also said, I got an ulterior motive here. Don't get sick. Don't go around being stupid. Okay? The governor said that. How much do they believe it? They believe it enough that they bought me this little mask. Okay? So they bought me a mask, they bought me a face shield. As a matter of fact, I got two face shields and three masks, and all my students have masks, and so on and so forth. So there's a different, you know, he cares about himself. And that's the way the world is. Notice that Daniel and his friends are worried about defiling themselves, about not being holy people, about not having holy habits. I wish we as the people of God were as concerned as Daniel and his friends were about our physical behaviors and what we do. We would not see we would not see people as sick as they are at church. We would not see people in church that are having sex before they get married. We wouldn't see the divorce rate being what it is. At church, God's people are not listening to what God says, and they're not living up to His standards. They're saying, "Ah, I, I want to be a, I want in Daniel's terms, I want to be a Jew, but I don't, I, I don't want to offend anybody. So yeah, I'll go ahead and eat some pork ribs. They probably taste pretty good. They do. I, I like them, but I'm not Jewish." So, I can lie. So, yeah, okay. So, uh, and so here's what he says to him. So somebody else, please read for verses 12 through 15, 16. Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food, and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days at the end of the 10 days they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. The guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. I, I don't know. <laughs> Our vegetable loving friends are over here silently clapping. I love vegetables. I love vegetables. And meat. Yes. I, like, I like to eat vegetarian which includes deer, they're vegetarians. Cows are (laughs) vegetarians. Yeah, so, yeah, so. Um, So, uh, no, he says, give us only vegetables. Don't give us any of this, I mean, I have been places where blood pudding was around, okay? I have actually seen people fix intestines of animals, and see stuff that was in the intestines floating to the top. That ain't clean, folks. That ain't clean by anybody's standards. It's not good. Okay, it's illegal in the United States to have real haggis because it's imported in a sheep, uh, in a sheep lung. Yeah, you get disease from that. So uh, notice they look healthier and better nourished. When when I go to work. No matter who I work for, no matter who you work for, everybody there, your boss and everybody you work with ought to see you and ought to see your clean living lifestyle. This is vital to us as the people of God. This was vital to them. He says, go ahead, compare us. That's a challenge. Give us 10 days to prove ourselves. Okay? So, I've numerous times, at least three times, I've had a boss actually say, You're not like my other employees. What's different? Mm -hmm. And I've said, I don't work for you. I work for God. Mm -hmm. God's my boss. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm under your authority, but you're under God's authority. And that's a biblical principle that the New Testament supports. Okay? So to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding and all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds, and we're going to see those, some of those. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them to his, into his service, the chief official presented them to the king, Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal, nobody equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. Nobody compared to them. Wow. God blessed them. God blessed Abraham in a land of pagans. God blessed David in a land of pagans. And a land of his people, God's people, that were turned against David. So God can bless and will bless his people. God blessed Job. And when Satan took it away, God blessed him even more. So stay true to God. There's our message out of the book of Daniel as a generalization. Okay, He's got a lot more messages for us. Okay, In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them. He found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until the first year of King Cyrus. Okay? This is a huge deal, folks. Okay? I I really believe this. I grew up in a... You know, we didn't grow up poor, poor, but we grew up pretty... Bare bones. I grew up with an outhouse. Okay. Uh, we grew up having to raise our own food in the garden, and that's that's how we fed ourselves. And so, uh, and we ate a lot of beans and cornbread some winters. Okay. But we did put, you know, we we never went without a meal. My dad worked hard. We never went without a meal. But God took me as. Basically, an average kind of person, and he elevated me, and he—he's given me a job. You know, he's given me jobs. I had a—I had a major in the army that came up to me when I was still in ROTC, came up to me and asked me for advice. I was a cadet. He's a major. He comes up to me and asks me for advice. Okay, why? Because he saw God in what I say and do. Not all the time. I'm imperfect just like you. Okay, My neighbor has hollered over the fence before. Hey Nick, you're a man of God. What does the Bible say about such and such? See, he won't bother to pick up the Bible to read it. Mm-hmm. But he will listen to me and he knows that I read the Bible and that I know what God says. Okay? This is vastly important for your life. You need to adopt these principles. Holy Living. Live among the pagans. we God is gonna God is gonna prosper you. He's gonna increase your faith as culture attacks. You get stronger. And we can be the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednegoes, the Daniels of coronavirus. That's what God's called us to be. Okay? Next week, Lord willing, we'll be looking at what happens when the government fails. Stay tuned, it gets better. God bless you all. We'll see you next week.